0: Should we call it, like, Hardcore Pod? Hardcore Pod. pod.
1: H-C-Pod. H-C-P. And what I mean by that H-C is to say Hardcore. (laughs) Oh, Terry Funk is here. The Funkster. Uh,
0: Brendan, uh, we're lucky enough that we get to welcome a... Third uh, commentator to the oh, booth here. really? At, uh, we do? Living legend. He's lost to everybody.
2: Hey, it's me, Eddie Gilbert. I'm right ready. I'm ready to go.
0: I happen to know you, Eddie Gilbert, and <laughs> uh, you are not of the caliber to be behind here. We have, as you'll see on the
1: monitor, the living legend, the true king of the Texas death Match, Terry Funk. Oh, shit. I- Hey, I'm glad to be out here for E-T-W, Philadelphia.
2: That's a really good uh, impression of uh Thank you. Terry Thanks. Pong. Yeah. It's well, a
0: modified version of your Stone Cold impression, which is very good.
2: Oh thanks. My Stone Cold impression is just Stone Cold, uh is done by the Stone Cold E.T. <laughs> you ever seen that? No. It's a guy in an E.T. mask and he goes up to uh like a drive-in to get like McDonald's. He's like
1: yeah, this is Stone Cold E.T. I want a Chicken McNuggets. And then they <laughs> get, he
2: gets into to the drive-in and it's just like he's wearing an E.T. mask and the people go fucking nuts for it. They love it.
0: Oh, man. We, uh, we've established our credentials early on. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> this is Stone Cold E.T. telling you to phone home. It's me, Terry Funk. And I'm telling you to listen to... A hardcore pod with, with my boys Brandon Flaherty and Luke Pennick, two of the nicest kids you'll ever see. Uh, uh lace up a pair of boots. Uh, Luke Pennick uh, is a local boy from Saskatoon, and Brandon Flaherty is a nice local boy from Saskatoon.
0: Oh, my cat doesn't like that impression. She bit me. <laughs> <laughs> The, like the Sorry,
2: I live in Toronto now. Though this is a multi-time zone podcast,
0: and I'm in Regina, so we both sort of moved up to big, big cities.
2: Yeah, the big leagues, Queen City, baby.
0: If you wanna, if you wanna make it uh, in the podcasting game, you can't just stay in your hometown. You gotta go almost uh, 240 kilometers away to Regina. Or uh, 50,000 kilometers away to Toronto, I assume. Does that
2: mean Uh, we're never allowed to be, this is never allowed to be part of the YXE podcasting network?
0: Damn. Hey, Brendan, uh, we got to find, we got to find someone else. Well, I'm going to get, I'm going to get co-host with uh, Brock Lesnar. I guess he's just, well, he's in Saskatchewan. He's in Holyfield, yeah.
2: He's the guy to get. He's never been on ECW, but he's been with Paul Heyman since the beginning, pretty much. Hey yeah yeah that's there's connections everywhere now but this is uh, so we're here to talk about ECW when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling
0: yeah back in the old
2: we're gonna review the first two episodes of its syndicated TV show now there is a pilot from like a little earlier on did you know this no uh they did a pilot in November of 1992. So maybe we'll uh, review that on... Um... Oh, yeah. That's
0: about six, six months
2: before this. That's right. Oh, you, uh, your mic just cut out there, Luke.
0: Oh,
2: am I back? You see the waveform? You were gone there, and then you came back. So Holy shit. just be careful. Whatever happened there, obviously now you have to edit this out. Or that's you can keep it there. in. Warts and all, baby.
0: Yeah, warts and all. Well, I think... It would only be fair to do that because we're still working it out. And uh, this is, you know, presented in the best possible format, given the technical difficulties. Wow. uh, Just like ECW on the WWE Network. That's true, because it's just
2: weird videotapes.
0: It almost looks like somebody recorded, like, uh, like, used a video camera to record a TV that it was on. Because you get the tracking lines all over the place, that's and the right. audio cuts out quite a lot. Uh, I was amazed by how small it feels, you know? Oh, wow, it's so small. I
2: mean, it's the size of, uh, uh, like, going to an independent show in Saskatoon. No offense to them, but, you know, that's just... You know, you're at a community hall, and you're just uh, there's some chairs, the folding chairs, and uh, you know, you're good to go.
0: And there, this is a hardcore, uh, hardcore group of fans.
2: I looked it up, uh, the Cabrini College uh, Fieldhouse. I looked it up uh, because I'd never heard of Cabrini College before.
0: I'm gonna say capacity four
2: hundred. Can't be big. It looks like a school gym. Obviously, this is before they got to their famous uh, ECW arena, which uh, is known as the uh, the most famous bingo hall in the world. And it, it oh, is it ever? But uh, but the Cabrini College was founded as a women's college, and the land was donated by a guy who owned Campbell Soup. No kidding. And he uh, he uh, had a had a manor on the land called Woodcrest. And then he uh, donated the land, and these uh, nuns started. uh, First, it was like a mission, and then they turned into a woman's college, and then it became. And then they turned
0: it into a uh, wrestling league. And then,
2: yeah, and then it's the home of uh, the home of ECW, at least at this time. Which is like, like I think it's hilarious. I love imagining these guys. And there's some old school cats here: Eddie Gilbert, Terry Funk. I love imagining these guys like parking their cars and like bringing all the ring. Equipment up to the field house. Like,
0: <laughs> hey, going in for a workout?
2: <laughs> I'm
1: commentating tonight.
2: Wrestling, huh? Well, uh, I gotta go to class. <laughs> Here's come check it out. It's $2. Yeah, it's probably 2 bucks or
0: free because it's a TV show. Yeah, and it was on uh, Philadelphia <laughs> Sports, Sports Channel. It's Philadelphia Sports Channel. <laughs> it
2: sounds fake. The, the way that they uh, bring it up. Sports Channel. Like it's like it's a show that is imitating a wrestling show of this caliber. Where it's just like,
0: coming at you live on Sports Channel. Just a quick throw a throwaway gag and dodgeball or something. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Uh, commentator Jay Sully. Uh, and... Uh, he is very bad, but lovely. Yeah. But lovely. He says everything like he's just finding it out for the first time. It's great.
0: And and uh, Terry Funk, uh, another announcer on this, he, uh, it's not a long show, but he gets worn out about 20 minutes into it, and they have to sort of prompt him anytime they want him. Now, Terry, what do you think of that? Oh, oh, uh, yeah. I think it's uh, cashing the check. Uh, well, this
2: has got to be just a payday for him, right? He's just uh, he's a guest commentator after all.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I, can, I can imagine that they were trying to get him as part of the sort of foundation of it. Uh, Oh, I should say, so neither Brendan nor I are experts on ECW in any way. We both uh, love wrestling a lot. Yeah. And, but especially in 1993, a lot of these guys, uh, like I looked up the Super Destroyers. Oh my God. They still wrestle as the Super Destroyers, but they didn't sort of go on to anything bigger. So a lot of the guys we're looking at, we don't know them. Uh, A lot of them are not that easy to look up. no. Uh, So the way I kind of want to approach it, at least from my end, is to, at least for this first little while, sort of take it as it comes, figure out who I like without knowing any of the background or anything. Uh, I'll give you a hint. So far, it's – no. actually, that's not true. Sandman, I like a lot, but I already knew about Sandman. You knew, yeah. Sandman is huge. And I don't think I like him more than I used to. Right. And I didn't think I liked him. But seeing him within the context of the show is like, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a star. Well, and well, obviously, that's funny
2: that you jumped away to Sandman for a highlight because we don't even really get Sandman until the next episode. Yeah. Um, he must have had it. He was probably busy that night, April 6th, 1993. Their, their, their actual champion couldn't be there for the first episode of their TV show.
0: Well, it was two days before my uh, fifth birthday, and uh, I, I don't remember it, but I imagine that he made some sort of appearance there uh, at a, at a guess, I'll ask my folks about that later. But
2: I, I, I plan to take this as it comes as well, but there are certain things that I was very curious about, so I had to, I had to learn a little bit. Um, because, for instance, I'd forgotten Eddie Gilbert's place in all of this, because he shows yes. up and I was immediately like, why is there so much Eddie Gilbert? Wasn't he big in WCW? What's going on here? But at the time, he was uh, he was the guy. He was booking this show.
0: Okay.
2: So, um, so I looked up. I looked it up. You know, I got to do my research. So we the, hey, the show. Shoot. The show starts with a cold open of the announcers being introduced one by one, like their high school, like like kids in drama class who like were the jocks who were good at improv <laughs> did you ever have those <laughs> and they're like introducing each other like they're making it up as they go along and just being like oh yeah and we got another guy here to do some announcing with us too
0: <laughs> yeah the, the uh the uh, the one fellow there I forget which one He uh, stevie he wonderful He's he's uh well uh I don't know if that's what he's talking about. Terry. I don't know if that's his official role, but uh, we'll work that out later. Yeah. And I think it's meant to sound planned. Yeah. Like he meant it to come off a certain way and it just came off as like him asking his boss if that was okay. There's so much in this that, that
2: can go either way. It's like either really smart, like, Oh, I'm a heel announcer. Or it's like, I literally don't know. And I'm trying to find out live on the air like who this guy is or what is the
0: and they uh so the first match is with the Super Destroyers and they sort of hit that gag over and over of which Super Destroyer is which they basically bury
2: all four wrestlers in the match cuz the match has Super Destroyers and the Hell Riders and they can't keep any of them straight at all they
0: bury everyone
2: on <laughs> they, each they goes, do
0: they, except sandman except for sandman
2: who, god who, who, <laughs> But uh, the, they, start, they start things off by like introducing a series of like, less charismatic people. Like Jay Selly is there. He's the announcer. Stevie Wonderful is there. He, his job is to be a haircut heel announcer. Um, they show him taking a bump in the opening credits, like a chair shot or something. So he's definitely a wrestler. And, uh, and then they bring in the president, Todd Gordon, who's got the new television title which Terry Funk frequently calls the ECW championship throughout the show because the champion's not there, and it's the only title being fought for.
0: It's, uh... I love the TV title. As a kid, the TV title was always my favorite. I think maybe because in video games, that was, like, one of the first ones you would go for. I've never understood what it is. It's... I believe it can only be fought for on television, not on <laughs> pay-per-view and not at house shows. Right. Okay. So the TV champion, I I think in concept would be sort of the face of the TV show. So you would have, you know, then you if you had sort of uh, uh, absentee title holders, like if you had The Undertaker or Goldberg or Brock Lesnar or something, them not fighting for their things week to week is kind of the point. Like you have the TV title and that's what you fight for on TV. And then the pay-per-views are a bigger deal. That's what I see the TV title as. And I like that a lot because that's a title that you can bounce around a bit because by its nature, if it's being fought for every week on TV, then it makes sense that it would bounce around. But I don't know if that's the idea behind it, but that's, what I must be think real of.
2: here, because like you know, wrestling titles are all arbitrary, essentially, especially singles titles in terms of their interchangeability. But of course, there's the agreed upon hierarchy of these things. Like an Intercontinental Championship somehow went from being like a made up thing that Pat Patterson was reputed to have won in Ireland or something, um, to being like the the actually like technically skilled wrestlers championship. It just, but it's just the mid card, championship. Yeah,
0: it's a it's your last stop on the way to main event if you're going to get there.
2: And I get that you got to have a few belts. I I I do I do think these days in WWE there's too many belts. But I think it's interesting because I feel like they've never had a TV title in WWEF.
0: Gee yeah, that's guy. something I definitely associate with WCW. Big time. And the NWA and all that kind of stuff. And that's like your, I feel like your Buff Bagwell tier. Old school
2: wrestling. But it didn't,
0: didn't take me long to bring up Buff Bagwell.
2: You love Buff Bagwell. He's uh, hes one of your favorite wrestlers.
0: Yeah. He's, you've, got uh, taste. you've got taste, Luke. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's not technically good. <laughs> and he's, he's not great on the mic. He
2: still wrestles to this day.
0: Yeah, and jigglows. Uh, oh my god! Oh, Ray, is that his gimmick? Is he? A no, man? no, he man? was on the t. He was on the, the TV of the show evening? Gigolos. Oh, okay. And uh, and did work as a uh, as a gigolo. Oh my god! And why not? Like in real life? In real life, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, on the TV show Jigglows, it's a reality show. He it wasn't like an episode centered around him or anything. Power to Just part of. Uh, part of a group a group of guys that went to town on an old gal so uh,
2: we, we yeah we took us only 15 minutes to get into uh, we could compare wrestling to sex work but I'm not gonna go there right now they put their bodies on the line for our entertainment that's all I'm gonna say
0: absolutely and we respect them all uh, well I don't respect all of them because we do have Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Oh on the my card. god. Yeah.
2: That's another guy. There's two, like opening credits seem to have a lot of uh like recognizable WWF wrestlers which I'm curious who we're going to actually see on the show like as it goes yeah. on because there was like Jimmy Animal Neidhart was there um Dom Morocco, The British Bulldog, Nikolai Volkoff. All these people you see them in the opening credits Uh, And as well, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, who shows up and it does match. But he murdered somebody.
0: Yeah. Uh, Full disclosure, I actually skipped that match. Wow. Yeah. I I can't watch somebody kill somebody. I just can't do it because I keep thinking. Do you watch Chris Benoit matches? Yeah. No, I don't.
2: Okay. I have a hard time with it, but I'll watch them. Because I never really watched them when they weren't on. So
0: the last one I watched, uh, oh no, sorry, the it wasn't even one of his matches. It was just uh, a match where woman uh, that was the the woman he murdered uh, was the valet, I think, for Ric Flair, and her gimmick was screaming in agony. <laughs> Oh, God. And uh, so hearing that in the background, I was never quite able to get that out of my head. Oh, that's hard. And yeah, yeah. maybe uh, wrestling we'll is a
2: depressing yeah. thing. I mean, I mean, because the thing about Eddie Gilbert is spoiler alert. You know, within months of this show, um, the he the head booking of the show gets turned over to Paul Heyman, who ends up, I believe, buying controlling interest in the company. From Todd Gordon, who we see brandishing the TV title, and within a you know a within a year of this show, it has become a whole other thing. It's extreme championship wrestling. It takes over. It, be, it becomes this cult hit, and uh, and and with within two, uh, two years of this show, Eddie Gilbert is dead. Completely unrelated. No kidding. I didn't Completely know that. Completely unrelated. He had a heart attack in 1995.
0: I don't think uh, when steroids are in the mix, you can ever say completely unrelated. But it, that a lot of a lot of old wrestlers going from heart-related things at a bizarrely young age.
2: Yeah, I I don't mean completely, but you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's, Paul Heyman didn't, yeah. didn't kill a guy, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Todd Gordon, owner of uh, ECW, president. He is uh, he's got about the he's got chariz- He's got the chariz- charisma. What do I write here i got to see my note here. It says, uh, he has the charisma of your cousin giving a wedding speech.
0: (laughs) Oh, he absolutely He is a
2: pawnbroker by trade.
0: Oh, that is the most perfect possible (laughs) for the owner of ECW.
2: Yeah. Hey, how much I give you for that, uh, (laughs) that title there. Yeah, so they try and introduce Terry Funk as the guest announcer. Eddie Gilbert interrupts. Uh, and then we got the funk, the funkster and he, he thanks, he he thanks the fans.
1: Uh, what does he say? He says, thanks for being HC. Yeah. Which I love. And what I mean by HC is a hardcore. Now, is that an
0: early example of that, uh, because that's he's using that for the fans. He's yeah. not talking about the wrestling that's as right. hardcore. And yeah, so I was wondering if that was an early example of the term hardcore and wrestling intersecting in I, that way.
2: I think it must have been floating around for a few years at this point on the independent scene. I feel like because the tape trading existed and these kind of like and it's Philly where like people have always said that the fans are are you know pretty hardcore fans. Yeah. Um, Probably because they're so close to New York. So, like, historically, they could go to WWF shows.
1: Madison Square Garden. In
2: Madison Square Garden or or Nassau Coliseum or any of these places nearby without having to break the bank. But they also don't live in New York, which has its own, like, cult of personality. So they live, like, pretty – they're not – yeah, you're the, if, if you're going for the wrestling, you're already invested in it in a way that like a New York fan might not be because it's just one of the many entertainment options at their disposal. I don't know. That's right. Just, that's They're, a theory. That's a theory. I
0: I think that's I think that's bang on because yeah, it's man. a big it's a big wrestling town to this day. That's uh, a good metric, I think, of how your show's is doing is the crowd reaction. If you take it to Philadelphia.
2: Well, they were just in Philly for their pay per view last week, last Sunday.
0: To, to totally non
2: evergreen this show for 2020 um, <laughs> Elimination Chamber. And uh, the crowd was terrible. They hated everything. So. Yeah. And there were some and good matches. There were some good matches. But I'm not saying the crowd was bad. I'm saying that like, maybe the show was bad.
0: Yeah. And. Uh... Let's not pretend that the crowd was super hot for this show
2: either. No, but this is like this had the energy of like some of these people were waiting to pick their kid up from swimming lessons. Like that's like yeah. a, uh, by episode two, even though we're we're getting like chants of like asshole and bullshit.
0: Yeah, a lot of the the Philadelphia people they love to cuss, you know. They do that's love curse. The, one of the things I would things too I dislike about them. You know, their mascot is the
2: uh, gritty. And uh, I think they're pretty gritty themselves. Is that true? So, you know you know who gritty is Luke.
0: No. Yeah. Oh, sure. Gritty. I yeah. know the. Uh...
2: I love the logo, the ECW logo. Right at this point in time, the ECW logo just looks like a Microsoft Windows
0: screensaver. I think that might be exactly what it is, and it has the uh, it has the spaghetti western music. Oh my god, <whistles> burrow, burrow, burrow.
2: it's amazing! Oh yeah, and like nobody has theme songs, not yet. Yeah, I wonder if that'll happen, but like nobody has entrance music.
0: Brendan, the uh, I'm saving it for when we talk about episode two. But on that note, I have some pretty exciting uh, research later on. So I cannot
2: wait. Uh, So match number one. Hey, ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. There you go. Match number one sees the Super Destroyers versus the Hell Riders, which I believe their gimmick is that they're brothers with the last name Rider. One of them is Easy Rider. Oh,
0: that's a a good gimmick.
2: One of them is Easy Rider. One of them is HD Rider.
0: High definition.
2: They're motorcycle dudes versus uh, guys in sex masks.
0: Yeah, very much so.
2: Who are the tag team champs?
0: Yeah, so they come into this uh, first show as the tag team champs. It was nice, I think, uh, getting it off on the right foot. Start your TV show with an embarrassing squash <laughs> by the uh, tag champs it gets people excited for what that division might hold.
2: Absolutely, that's what you. Well, you got to put them over, right? You want you want the Super Destroyers to super destroy. That's, the that's true. the my favorite thing in this whole thing was at one point Stevie Wonderful doing com- commentary, and this guy is like out to lunch on a whole other level. Uh, he says he's trying to he's trying to go on about how the super destroyers are scary, so he's like, "It's intimidation, intimidation, intimidation." Just like when you buy a house, it's real estate, real estate, real estate.
0: <laughs> he, you know, those are two things. <laughs> That are a thing, then if you say that thing three times, yeah. boom. Point made. That's right. I get where he's coming from. Yeah, because yeah. it's the intimidation because he had him for the three. Yeah. But he pulled his shoulder up. I thought maybe there'd be some sort of reckoning for that, but they immediately win.
2: Well, and he also at one point the ref just like makes an honest mistake. Like it has yes. nothing to do with the match at all. And Stevie Wonderful just like buries him for being out of position. And <laughs> it's like, this is all you have.
0: Yeah, this is not something we're going to watch and go. Oh, I can't wait to see that ref get his comeuppance and it be yeah. better next week. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, nobody's nobody's coming out of that. Uh, the super destroyers look good, I guess. Well, they did, and their their manager
2: is Hunter Q. Robbins the Third, who then has an interview after the match with Terry Funk, where he just calls him Hunter Q. Robbins the Third.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, there was a reference, I believe, to Bart Simpson as well in there. Well, oh, that was so weird! I wrote yeah. that
2: down. Where did I write that down? That was a uh, that was later on, I think.
0: Oh, no, all, the, next, all these hot all these hot been, matches are tough to. That might have been episode
2: <laughs> two, because I think uh, I think he calls uh, Larry Winters and uh, what's his name Bart Simpson and your dad Homer Simpson. It's
0: <laughs> very good.
2: As like the worst burn.
0: And you know, if it's 1990, okay, three,
2: 1993, but, yeah, Simpsons 1993 is, already, like, is... It's not an obscure thing. Although Bart Simpson is cool. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Bart Simpson's an aspirational figure at the time.
2: Ironically, all these mulleted wrestlers do look like grown-up Bart Simpson as a stripper.
0: Yeah, they do. <laughs>
2: oh, uh, boy. But also, ironically, Hunter Key Robbins, the turd, sounds like this the pimply faced teen from The Simpsons. He's like, ah, Terry Funk!
0: This is where you start to see what the growing pains between going from a house show product yeah. to a broadcast product are. and a lot of the people involved are very much a part of those growing pains.
2: Yes, this is definitely the same show they would have done the week before or the month before yeah. at the maybe the same field house, but with cameras. And that's the thing. These cameras are on one – the hard cameras on the side where there's no fans. So anytime the, – the wrestlers are all, like, given out to the fans and it's always like their back turned to the camera.
1: Oh
0: yeah, I didn't notice that. Man, you got you got the media know how.
2: Well, you know that's like the that's the one thing wrestlers always talk about when they're like, "Man, like I didn't know how to be on TV," and I'm always like, "That shouldn't be that hard." Like you know, you're on TV. The whole thing about TV is like, where are the cameras?
0: (laughs) You know, who's uh, credited as being a real uh, pioneer of always working for the camera is Triple
2: H. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, apparently that was one of the ways he sort of uh, got over early on was that any you know when he was Hunter Hearst and he would do that little bow and things like that always to the hard camera. Always. Uh, that's that's what, gotta, that's what you got
2: to that's what you got to
0: do. I get it. Now now that now that I've said that. Yeah. Uh, we can use any content they want. Uh, we want because oh, because
2: you've complimented. Him a, I've him. given them a. Con- I've,
0: I kissed the ring. That's right. You
2: bowed down to the game. Bowed down, to the...
0: That wasn't my best impression. i to admit that. Uh, was that was okay. Lab.
2: Keep keep it going.
0: Didn't, didn't want to scare my cat. He's asleep on my backpack next to me. It's really cute.
2: So after our squash match for the tag team titles, we've got a montage of the Sandman that's, like, two
0: minutes oh, of just... Long. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of the Friends intro.
2: <laughs> like, it reminded me of, like, when you're watching a sitcom on syndication, and there's a weird thing where there's an extra long commercial break because they cut out some of the show for syndication, and... Like they just show the like logo for the TV show again, but with with some music,
0: yeah, it's not it's not a well put together video
1: pack oh, and it's just
2: got like generic rock music. I thought it might be his theme, but then when he shows up the next episode, there's different music.
1: Well,
0: Brennan, that very much ties into what I'll talk about. <laughs> but, um,
2: uh, amazing i cannot wait what i'll be
0: talking about in the next episode amazing a uh,
2: next episode of, of the show but this same episode of the podcast Is same episode
0: or... of this yeah so if you're listening now don't worry you'll get that i'll have some more some more hot facts the next time But get yourself yeah. some popcorn pull up a stool
2: or if you're on the uh if you're on the the like public transit you know just stay stay on the bus don't go to work
0: or if you're uh, on the public toilet, drop a stool. Yeah,
2: baby. It's a bit nutty.
0: Yeah, well, that's ECW, babe.
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah, this... Yes. Uh, sorry, I was just gonna... The When you're watching this on uh, Tri's WWE Network, <laughs> uh, it's called... It's under the ECW Hardcore TV heading, but this at the time was not ECW Hardcore TV. No. It was just ECW. I probably should have found out what it was. It was probably just ECW on
2: on Sports Channel. I mean, it's their syndicated show, right? So um, it was... I think the idea was it would be syndicated to be picked up by other local cable channels.
0: Yeah, and uh, actually looking at DigGo to several other places. It's a good... uh, I like we're gonna tease this a lot but oh yeah I, I like the whole idea of it very much they were really going for it and it looks shitty and it sounds shitty and when you compare it to wcw or wwf at the time it bears no comparison really but they're really going for it and i don't feel like they're trying too hard to be like those other promotions either they're trying to sort of do their own thing
2: they're they're not. I mean, I'd say like the fact they they were tuned into what the, uh, what their audience was into. Like even having Terry Funk as a special guest guy. Like he at that time, 1993. Like he'd been in big wrestling federations, but he had not been. Oh yeah. You know, successful in them. I'd say I'd have to Google that to verify it. But like,
0: I I think I have seen. He retired in
2: 1997. Let's not. I mean, this guy was. He still wrestles to this day, right?
0: Yeah, i I've seen so many Terry Funk matches, and I have only ever seen him lose. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like I suspect maybe the 70s. He. What was, about Chainsaw
2: Charlie, though? What about Chainsaw Charlie?
0: Oh uh, the worst gimmick. Uh, I think ever like the chainsaw charlie is the gimmick that you would have like a stocking over the face with clothes <laughs> like it's if you were having a little wrestling federation with your friends in the basement and you just had to go with what clothes were there and then you'd grab the chainsaw and it would feel like a good idea but then it would get too scary too quickly when one of you tried to like rev it and well you'd take the blade
2: off and it's not scary I mean, it is scary, but but it's not scary for you. There's no way you're going to hurt anybody.
0: Kids wouldn't do that. Kids would come in hard.
2: I think you're describing Terry Funk like to a T. He's just sort of what's there.
1: Yeah. What do you guys got in the back there? I'll try to make a character out of it.
2: I want all. He's like Brock Lesnar without the brooding. He's like whatever I can do so that I could go back to my ranch and (laughs) and live on my ranch.
1: With my dog, Cougar Brown.
2: He's got his horses. Like, that's the famous Terry Funk thing, is that anytime he doesn't want to do something, if there's a match he's in that he doesn't want to do, he just last minute says that his horse died. He has to go back.
0: Oh, I don't want to go to school tomorrow. Yeah. I was thinking of uh, saying that I felt a little sick (laughs) with the coronavirus (laughs) thing, that I uh, had my horse died. Oh, quick start, guy. The thing about the
2: Sandman montages is just like clips of the sky and it says the sandman and there's music and there's like there's like wipes and like freeze frames and editing stuff. And then at the end it turns out he's the champion. Like you don't even know that
0: going into the montage. No. And I feel like that's classic filler. And for your first 38 minute long episode of a tv show i don't know that you need to pop in quite that much filler
2: i think it's supposed to be a teaser
0: like william regal is
2: coming you know and they show him making the juice or whatever
0: i don't understand what you mean by that uh steven steven regal
2: do you remember like a before like a teaser for a character being introduced so like like when Steven Regal was going to debut at WWF, they like, they first showed a clip of him like making orange juice by just like squeezing oranges with his bare hands and shit. Oh, I like that.
0: chopping wood. My, uh, oh, for the, uh, he's he's a a man. man, He's a a man. I love that gimmick. And I think he played it so perfectly just trying to like such a you know, well, because he was British, he was automatically like a sort of classy guy and trying to get away from that image to be uh, a real man's man. I think that was great. Uh, speaking of gimmicks, I have watched
2: the Rise and Fall of ECW documentary twice in my life. And I never realized that Sandman was supposed to be a surfer, and the sand in the name was the sand of the beach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so uh, that was my uh, hot fact. Was this uh, his Enter Sandman music had nothing to do with? Uh... <laughs> Damn I, I didn't watch Rise and Fall of ECW. I didn't realize that was on there. Well, so no, I no, had some hot intel.
2: That's I'm just saying. Like I've I've watched that documentary, and I'm familiar that he's like a top star in ECW, but I. I never understood why he was called the Sandman, because by the time by the time it gets extreme, he's just like he's basically like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He just like drinks beer, and like hits people with kendo sticks and stuff.
0: He's the guy that you would have to watch out for in your kid's basement wrestling league. He's
2: so fucking scary looking, and the fact that he's like like they're trying to go for like a Hulk Hogan like eat your vit- eat your vitamins. Yeah, like I'm a I'm a surfer dude in a wetsuit. I'm your friend, like, and he looks like a murderer,
0: very much so. And and he's not like like the most obvious difference I would say with Hulk Hogan is that Hulk Hogan was very big and strong. The <laughs> uh, and, and Sandman is not like no, uh, he's built like a dock worker. Yeah, I'm not as strong as he is. But if we were to step in the ring together, we would, you know, look pretty similar in that outfit. Right. We would both fill it out in that.
2: Well, he's got some pretty, he's got some ham hocks on him. He's got some nice legs.
0: He does. And they're lengthy, too. which is He's a
2: tall drink of water to that Sandman.
0: Ooh, he's a tall drink of beer.
2: <laughs> um, so we go from that to uh promo <laughs> this is like probably my favorite promo in both these episodes combined because <laughs> uh cause tommy cairo is in the ring and he just leans down to like talking to a microphone that's being held ring like next to the ring <sighs> and he says hey, ecw and sports channel that's a that's a tag team made in heaven because because uh because yeah He's a good guy. That
0: it's uh, it's beautiful. They they struggle with uh, incorporating the microphone throughout the show. Yes, they do. But Terry Terry Funk at the beginning says, "And
1: hey, you're gonna need to hold that microphone for me because I'm gonna need both my fists." But
0: <laughs> that but it does make it so you can't hear him that well, and he doesn't use his fists anyway. So it's true. Maybe it was more of a turn of phrase. I, I don't think there's anyone that I've wanted to respect but not understood why or how more than Terry Funk. Because I feel like everyone that I respect really respects him. Right. And I feel like I've seen a lot that he's done. Like we watched uh, we watched Great American Bash 89. Yes, which
2: we'll, uh, we'll release as a, a bonus episode. Uh.
0: That's right. But I don't get... I don't get what he's bringing to the table. Yeah. I don't I don't see him as a great storyteller except the one story of he's not as good as the other guys but he almost gets kind of close to winning.
2: Yeah. Cuz he doesn't
0: win. I don't ever see him win unless he's with Cactus Jack.
2: I think we I think he had a period
0: in like WCW
2: maybe but but not even WCW. I'm trying to think. I don't I have to core through his Wikipedia, but I, nev- I never like doing that. That's like the most boring no. thing to me, is reading somebody's wrestling Wikipedia.
0: Yeah, it's reading fact- things presented as fact in a weird way.
2: Yeah. And that's like, not what I like about wrestling.
0: <laughs> yeah, I find uh, uh, and I find this with a lot of things, that I don't always have a ton of interest in the history uh you know, the sort of 70s and 80s of something that I come into later on. Right. Because uh, I get that it's important, but I don't particular. I don't I have that much interest. That's a good thing to say while doing a podcast about a show from 1993, which is f- further back than from now than when I was a kid to what that stuff was. But, well, we were alive in
2: 1993. Like, we remember going to see... Jurassic Park a year later.
0: Well, I remember when uh, Sandman was at my fifth birthday party.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all went home early from that one.
0: Yeah, he uh, that, that surfer dude, he got sand all over the place.
2: <laughs> I like history, but I like it for, like, the different reason. Like, I'm not like, oh, I need to know who the greats are. I need to know who to respect and where to, you know. Right, but I like I like knowing what's been done before. I like knowing who's been in the same room. Like I love that idea of being like, oh, like this person was in this you know company at the same time as this person.
0: Right. Yeah, know
2: each other. Like,
0: yeah, and I do like. uh, I think mainly for me, it comes down to laziness. Uh, Like with with AEW now, there's so much backstory and history between a lot of the people, but I. Haven't really engaged with that unless I kind of already knew about it, or if they uh, if they do a good promo package, then I get into that. Well, but.
2: I think that's fine because I don't think I think that they are relying on a lot of that, you know, to be successful. But they ultimately won't be successful if it's not understandable to new fans.
0: If you had, had to watch New Japan in twenty fourteen to understand.
2: Or even their YouTube show. Yeah. Like, I used to watch it because I was bored and had an office job, but I don't watch it anymore. I don't have time for that shit.
0: CFCR, baby. Yeah,
2: man. Used to work there. And you know what I did? Watch YouTube.
0: That's right. Take that, J.
2: Yeah, take that, J. He's not my boss. Don't say that. He's never my boss.
0: He's Never my freaking
2: boss. Never my boss, man. Uh so we got uh, this the real you reason may we're is the
1: checks, but you're not the boss of me. <laughs> uh
2: life is unfair. <laughs> uh, the real reason that we're here uh is this uh two episode, three episode, four episode arc of the TV title tournament. So we're round one starts with this match between um the cosmic commander Oh, no, he's the manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's Wild it. Man Salvatore Balomo, managed by the Cosmic Commander, uh, who's introduced as being from Italy. Italia, Italia. <laughs> Versus uh, Iron Man Tommy Cairo, New Jersey's finest and undefeated in ECW. He's uh, incredible. I like Tommy Cairo.
0: Actually, I do like Tommy Cairo. I like him.
2: He's he looks like he's already past his prime.
0: Yeah, many of these guys do. I I bet I bet a lot of these guys are younger than us too.
2: <sighs> oh God, I hate looking that stuff up. It's so depressing. Terry yeah. Funk uh, is the best here because they he buries him immediately. He's like
1: undefeated, yeah. can mean a lot of things. Technically, my mother is undefeated at ECW. <laughs> <laughs> And this stupid shit promotion (laughs) probably got his ass beat at every respectable place. I think Stevie Wonderful takes issue with that.
2: He's like, well, you know, I wouldn't want to get in the ring with my mother.
0: (laughs) So. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh... This match, so I've watched through each of these twice. Oh, no, why? Uh, well, I just, because... They didn't stick with me the first time. I got pretty drunk the first time I was watching it. <laughs> uh, but uh but yeah, the second time through, it for whatever reason it just wasn't sticking. My mind was uh my mind was drifting and I couldn't really get it back. Now this happens no matter what wrestling I'm watching. I'm going to miss out on a few matches just through drifting. But uh But, yeah, it was this one. And when I tuned in, I would tend to be entertained by it. But then I would just sort of tune back out.
2: Um, There's a great moment where Tommy Cairo spends an eternity trying to untwist the waistband of his uh, jocks. It's like they spend two minutes, like, not doing anything. Finally, he takes a bump and his pants get all uh, bunched up. (laughs)
1: My parents.
2: Yeah, that's pretty great. Cosmic Commander, what is up with this guy? He's, like, wearing a turban and, like, like psych rock glasses. He looks like he's in a psych rock band from the 60s. And he's smoking a cigar in the – at ringside.
0: That's what I love in these – again, to go to the, like, your kid's basement wrestling thing is that's just what was on hand – and it's like, oh yeah, I can. I'll be because uh, his character isn't a cosmic commander. It's just his clothes make him that. Absolutely. Like he, he doesn't have some sort of. Uh, there's not a unified, holistic approach to, uh, to a wrestling character. It's just like, okay, <laughs> what what's around? What can I grab cheap, or what is already at my house? Like you know, maybe his dad went as a shake for one year, and oh, yeah. so there's the turban there, and all right, yeah, we'll do that.
2: Oh, absolutely. I am very curious to see if this man has a stable, because so far the managers have been like, they have one person that they manage.
0: Yeah. No, I gotta say, I mean, it'd be a tough way to make a living down in uh, extreme championship wrestling.
2: Oh, yeah. How much do you think these guys are getting paid? Nothing? Probably
0: nothing. Oh, right? yeah. I, I can't imagine there. I mean... I imagine this would be like a, hey, you want to get it on the ground floor of this. Yeah. But we Maybe can't really like afford to... 20 bucks. Yeah. Like,
2: be your money.
0: Because there's not that many people there.
2: No, and they're probably paying two bucks
0: or nothing, like we said. And at the very least, for this first episode, they probably would have had to pick up a ton of equipment. Even, even if... Uh, what is it, Philadelphia Sports Channel? Sports Channel Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, maybe they,
2: they got the cameras from Sports Channel.
0: Yeah, but I imagine they still had to sort of get some get some equipment going. and. Like Shaw so Cable they're...
2: in Saskatoon had its own crew.
0: They bring them out to you?
2: Well, like they would go and, you know, they'd shoot the Brit final at my high school basketball game.
0: You're uh, your announcing days. Yeah, man. Uh,
2: So there's a ref distraction, and Johnny Hotbody runs in. Hotbody. You Johnny hate, Hotbody. I hate to see
0: it. Lots hits. of Tommies and Johnnies in ec Yeah, he
2: hits Tommy Cairo off the top rope. Apparently there's some sort of feud between Johnny Hotbody and Tommy Cairo.
0: And I some, kept hearing... Sorry.
2: Oh, I was just going to say that this is the classic, like, oh, there's somebody interferes, and then the guy picks up a win. Instead, <laughs> Sal Belomo is knocked out of the ring and has counted out.
0: Yeah. I guess on paper that seems like it would make sense, maybe. Like you could...
2: Well, then he's Tommy Cairo is still undefeated, but there's still a feud with this hot body character.
0: Uh, I kept hearing... Do you remember the show Angela Anaconda? Uh,
2: I don't think I had Cable at the time.
0: Okay, well, uh, for us, us millionaires, some of us
2: lived uh, lived the life of uh, of meager means.
0: Let me tell you something, Brendan. That was a show that was a Teletune pilot show at a time where that cable was free for three months.
2: <laughs> was that the one that was like not even animated? It was just like cut out pictures that would like move.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all of a sudden Mr. Millionaire gets it back in his head. I think
2: they, I think they showed it on C B C like five years later.
0: Uh they uh the, actually with that cable thing. Yeah. Just to go off an old test. Ta- so that was a three-month preview. They installed the Bach or maybe they I don't know. Anyway, you would get uh you would get all of these premium cable channels. It went up to I think forty eight. And uh, we had it for like two years until my dad realized that we still had it. And he called the cable company because he was like, hey, we're not getting charged for this. And we weren't. So we just had free premium cable for two years. That's amazing. And then by doing the responsible thing and calling, we got it cut off. Oh, so man. if you're avoiding, if you're listening and you're avoiding any bills or avoiding confronting something, keep avoiding confronting it because maybe it's going in your favor anyway that's good advice that's how Keep i started watching avoid uh, confrontation that's how i started watching wrestling at all Super superstation that's beautiful thank you um anyway johnny abadi was a character on uh angela <laughs> that i was really
2: curious how I was connected to uh so you heard johnny Hotbody as johnny abadi
0: johnny abadi hey angela what are you doing
2: that's Did she sound like this? Was she like, I don't know. Ninny pooh. I don't know.
1: Angela, Angela, you will tell me.
2: Is that is that that show or is that uh That was that was Angela Anaconda. Okay. <laughs> that might be who's the boss? Julie. <laughs> hey. Uh...
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I never made that connection.
2: <laughs> match 3, we got a special challenge match. <clears throat> Uh, some gimmick infringement here. Tony the Hitman Stetson, <laughs> at a time when Brett the Hitman Hart is like the biggest wrestler.
0: It was it was pre-internet. You know they couldn't possibly know. <laughs> uh, Tony the Hitman Stetson versus Rock and Rebel. Hey, what are two cool things? Rebellion and Rock. It's
2: Mullet versus Mullet to see who is best for business. A rare mullet versus front, mullet match. In the front. Business in the front. Oh,
0: damn. I stepped on that. I'm you
2: sorry. You stepped on that. That's okay. You didn't know I wrote a joke. No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, but Stetson is king of the finger guns, so we like that about him. Remember his finger guns?
0: Bang, bang. <laughs> not uh, not to be confused with Cactus Jack finger guns. I, I know I'm supposed to
2: like Tony Stetson because he's like... Pretty good at wrestling, but I like this Rock and Rebel guy. He seems like a like a very good like. He reminds me of Michael Allen Richard Clark in Ooh. high impact wrestling, local Saskatchewan yes. wrestling promotion.
0: Uh, wrestled Cody Rhodes, right?
2: We watched him wrestle Cody, and it was great. I I wasn't there for that one. It was so good. I'm sorry. That show, there was somebody that there was a mixed tag match where there was a table spot where someone just got their head. Plowed into a table that didn't didn't even break.
0: I saw that on uh, Botchamania. It that ended up on Botchamania. Botchamania
2: and they didn't even have a very good angle of it. But uh, yeah, God, very uh, very right. sad.
0: If I told you my theory about that
2: tour for Cody, uh, yeah, uh, no. What's your theory?
0: I think that was looking for talent for AEW while he was. I think oh, that's yeah. why he took that particular tour because he already had that in mind, and so he was looking around. And, uh yeah, I guess Saskatoon didn't make the fucking <laughs> cut.
2: I can see that. I think it's also like he was touring everywhere, taking all the money he could while he, like, he did every independent show that he could in that period of time.
0: The uh, the overall standard of wrestling. Yes. It's gone up. Watching ECW 1993, it's gone up.
2: Oh, absolutely, sir. It's definitely gone up. I think it's because of all the smarks, as they say, you know, the smart marks. People get it. Business has been exposed. We know what it is.
0: And And I think I see Philadelphia as the spiritual home of the smark.
2: Absolutely. Maybe not even the spiritual home, like the actual home.
0: Yeah. Hey, I gotta go back to fucking Philly. I don't really know. (laughs) uh,
2: It's not quite...
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, you
1: piece of fucking shit! I gotta go back to Philly. I gotta get my Philly cheese steak. Hey, you like those? Uh, You're gonna get Philadelphia beat
0: up. Cream, uh, cheese. cream cheese. Hey, uh, you like that Philly cream? Joe, the angel chicks on the on the ads for the cream cheese pretty hot, huh? I think it's yeah. more like it's
2: more like that uh, the video that went kind of viral of the uh, news report of a Dunkin' Donuts in Shemokin, uh Pennsylvania closing, and they're like, yeah, you know, it was a pretty good Dunkin' Donuts. I did all my legal work there. I'd meet my lawyer there. Get a Gatorade if I was dehydrated.
0: It was the only thing going in this town. Now we've got the freaking flyers all the Dangerous.
2: I guess I'll go to a Turkey Hill or something. I'm dealing with it.
0: Sort of the Robin's Donuts donuts donuts
2: donuts dudits. um so yeah rock and rebel loses right that's what happens right oh yeah i read some notes about this match i actually made a uh, note arm drag arm drag arm bar hip toss it's a veritable buffet of boring moves (laughs) really going for it
0: yeah it's it's like a trainee match Except it's the uh, number one contender for the, half of the number one contenders for the tag titles and the number one contender for the ECW heavyweight title. And it's
2: for the, and yeah, exactly. And Terry Funk accidentally spoils the result by saying that Jay Selly will be interviewing Rock and Rebel after the match. I
0: wondered about that. Maybe the plan was just no matter what, win or lose. uh,
2: And then, like, Dan Selle's like, you know, I might interview him. Might be interviewing a loser. We'll see if he wants me to interview him afterwards, even.
1: What? No, it says here that he's going to win the match. (laughs) I've been been announcing this like like he's going to win it.
2: Oh, my God. And he does. Puts his legs up on the rope. Cheats. Wins. Crowd goes regular, medium.
0: Yeah. Very
2: regular medium. And then surprise interview ringside with Jay Sully. Well, can we call what him Sully that? Sullenberger?
0: Yeah. Because he took this from a plane crash to just a plane landing in water. Yeah, he
2: is one of the seagulls. He actually kind of looks like uh, um, that Muppet who's like an eagle. Oh yeah, <laughs> What's like i name, sort of Sam. Judge? Sam the Eagle.
0: I guess I think of him as a judge because of. Uh, I think he's a judge in something. Carol.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Rebel Rock and Rebel says the word "baby" a lot, which I think is a great gimmick.
1: Yeah,
0: that's a hot gimmick. That's cool. oh man,
2: baby, and he uh, baby. says he doesn't wear a belt, but he soon will be. <laughs>
0: I'm getting, uh, I'm trying to lose some weight. (laughs) Pants are too small as is. I don't wear a belt because it digs into my gut, but it means you can see my ass crack. By the way, as I'm sitting here, I've got the uh, top two buttons of my uh, jeans undone.
2: Wait, do you have one of those button flies?
0: Yeah, I got one Uh, of those expensive button flies.
2: I hate those.
0: Yeah, I do too.
2: I hate those when you're walking in the winter. And it blows wind into your pants, right? Where well, you don't I mean, want there to be a cold wind.
0: On your... What, what would you say? If you were ECW, like, a year from now, hardcore TV, and you were talking about wind blowing onto your uh, penis. <laughs> I'd
2: call it my hardcore uh, penis. I don't know, man. And I don't it think, was... I'm very curious to see how they handle sexuality. I think there's all kinds of stuff going on.
0: Well, it, it used to be a woman's college, so I think it's going to be pretty respectful.
2: I think, well, yeah, they're, they're going to move to the bingo hall in no time. Uh, in following the, uh, this match, super murderer Jimmy Snuka comes out to very little fanfare and announces that he's signed a contract and he's he's part of Eddie Gilbert's Hot Stuff International.
0: It's a great great name, Hot Stuff International. <laughs> Dragons, I'm here looking for 250. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Uh,
2: oh, can you imagine if they pitched a wrestling company on Dragons? ending they get laughed out of the building.
0: It would never work. Any, uh, even the ones that have been successful, you could say uh, we do have <laughs> Ted Turner backing us, uh, and we have the full support of the Turner Broadcast Network.
2: But what's your business model? What's your business plan? What what do you what? What's
0: motivating you,
2: uh, Spite?
0: Uh, I uh, at Boston Pizza, I've seen uh, <laughs> I've seen a lot of sports events ca- come and go, and uh, for that reason, I <laughs> I love them. For
2: those reasons, I'm out. I've actually, it's a very effective way to communicate. I appreciate it.
0: It is, yeah. They they uh, even. If you can tell that's not the reason, it still works.
2: Yes, it's very good. I
0: I haven't seen a lot of growth in this space. Uh, I think you got a great product. Uh, But again, I'm caught on the growth, and for that that reason, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you're an unpleasant person, and for that reason, I'm out.
2: (laughs) Didn't like your presentation. Don't like you. For those reasons, I'm out.
0: Hey, Brendan. Yeah. Do you think if, Mm -hmm. let's say you go back to 1993... And you have two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Uh huh. And do you think that there's a time? If you had two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, do you think that you could invest that into ECW as it was in 1993, April sixth, no. and eventually get your money back out of it? No, I w- you- well, I
2: wouldn't because at this moment in time, it doesn't look like a good idea.
0: Yeah. That's true. You are you are very careful with your millions of dollars.
2: Well, the thing about it is, I think the thing that hurt them in the end was that they never really had anybody come in and like just give them money or invest in their company. They yeah. very much wanted to do it themselves. The closest they got was like partnerships with Vince McMahon, but talk about a
0: deal with the devil in absolutely. that context.
2: Absolutely. But at the end of the day, Paul Heyman still employed by them, yeah, successfully. So. He's he's always been looking after number 1 and number 1 did okay. So Brock Lesnar what are you going to do? Uh, you didn't watch this, but match 4 was between Jimmy Snuka and Larry Winters, who is actually um, the Tony the Hitman's tag team partner outside of this ah, tournament for the I'm tag team the, for the TV four. title. Yeah. Uh, Larry Winters bumps like an 85 WCW jobber. With the same <laughs> generic look and bad mullet. Uh, he gets some momentum back, he's looking okay. Ellie Gilbert trips him up, Superfly hits the splash, does his no-sell pin for the win. Pretty, pretty basic. Pretty basic match.
0: Just the just the type of thing you want to sell your new product. Well, Jimmy Snook, a big star.
2: And then they go to sign off, and Terry Funk buries the product in entirety.
0: Some room for improvement. Some room I love for it improvement. so
2: much. They come back from the last match and they're just like ready to sign off. And he's like, "Well, we'll get better next week, and so will the crowds."
0: Terry, uh, I think Terry's walking out of there with his flat thirty-five dollars without the five-dollar uh, five-dollar fee if it goes really well. You know.
1: Do you validate parking? Uh by which I mean, I had to. Pay in the meter, but as soon as I walked in, and I was wondering if that was a reimbursement situation.
2: And you know they're desperate, they don't know what to do because then before the credits, they have an ad for like their mailing address with the subject dream match. Tell us who you want to see
0: wrestle in ECW. And uh I did a bit of research. hmm Uh that's building, and that office is up for sale right now. And I'll be honest with you, it's a lovely looking building. It's like an old, sort of a three-story country house, uh, white stucco sides, very idyllic looking.
1: Wow. And
0: so if you were thinking of starting something up, uh, Cody Rhodes, I know you're listening. If you want to maybe uh, think of somewhere to house AEW... I think that would be a great historic building for you, but it really is a, a lovely building. Uh, they're in the basement of it, I think.
2: This is so very I can't funny speak to that. because uh, um, Paul Heyman famously ran ECW from his mom's basement, but he's not in the he's not in the picture yet. So,
0: what a what a cost cutting measure to go from this lovely place to Paul Heyman's mom's basement. Not to cast any aspersions on Paul Heyman's Mom's Basement, don't get me wrong.
2: No, I mean, as far as Mom's Basements go, I've seen it. It's in the movie uh, Beyond the Mat. That's right. Pretty good one. Um, Yeah, what would you think of this episode,
0: Luke? I thought uh, there was a, a lot to get started on, a lot to improve on. I felt like Terry Funk feels uh hopefully there's some improvement hopefully the uh crowd improves a little i'll tell you what it did do though it made me excited to see sam man hey and you're gonna get that
1: right after the break oh wait, wait
0: wait
2: we don't have any sponsors yet so i guess we just go right into this hey eh?
0: should i just read the sponsors on the <laughs> side amazon shop connect and enjoy beautiful
2: Uh, so we get to April 13th, 1993,
0: episode two. I had been five years old for five days at this point. Wow. And you'd wasted every single one of them. Sandman visiting my, uh, well, we all got very sick after Sandman visited, so it wasn't my fault I wasted them.
2: They did a pretty good job of acting like no one had seen the previous episode by just doing exactly the same thing to start the show. Yeah. Yeah. They pretend that they go to uh, introduce Terry Funk and Eddie Gilbert interrupts, this time holding a I thought it was a beer, but apparently it was a Perrier. High
0: class. Boy, Perrier and Perrier 93, eh? Well
2: Terry Funk calls it a Perrier and uh, dumps it down his shirt and in his face. <laughs> <It's>
1: <laughs> this is the best. Perrier water means nothing to me. These bubbles. Yeah. No good. Oh uh, the bubbles!
0: I would uh that that'd be a weird thing to see, I feel like Terry Funk drinking drinking uh No, soda Eddie Gilbert's drinking water. it, because he's uh he's a hot shot. He's hot stuff Eddie Gilbert, you know, and every lady's friend. I was just thinking when he got it thrown on him, you know? Right. That uh it would be such a confusing thing to him. Because he <laughs> he wouldn't have any sort of concept of uh that high-class water <laughs> that the Eddie Gilberts of the world are drinking.
1: What kind of shit is this? Oh it's like a Coca-Cola burn. Uh,
2: I love, I think match one. I love I love this match, this first match of this show.
0: The tournament match?
2: It's So you've got Johnny Hotbody, who we'd previously seen in the Angela Anaconda Presents match earlier on. Absolutely. Who's introduced as being 300 pounds, counting his ego. Nice. Versus Glenn Osborne, who is, I think, my favorite to win the, the, the whole thing.
0: Oh, you jump!
2: Yeah, man. He's like a combination of Glenn Danzig and Ozzy Osborne, and I think that's why his name is that.
0: Oh, I think you're absolutely right.
2: He looks like a thrash metal guy. He's got, like, face makeup. He is kind of in shape. He's definitely young. He, I love this guy. <laughs>
1: Who, who's that guy uh,
0: that I saw you with? Uh, he's in good shape. He's definitely young. Um... <laughs> I write down a note here that he's
2: my Danzig daddy, so I don't know what to say. Wow. Yeah.
0: Danzig daddy?
2: The Danzig Metal, man, Metal man thrash hair versus the balding mullet of doom. Johnny Hotbody, no, hot body. like any wrestler who calls himself hot, is not <laughs> attractive. You don't brand. get to call
0: yourself hot body if you're not hot, Brendan. That's uh, that's what you're not getting. If you are called hot, you are hot.
2: I mean, the thing is, the problem with the heels is that they are so similar to people who are just the worst in real life.
0: Yes, it does. It does. Uh, it does make it tough. <laughs>
2: I I like that I like watching this two episodes in a row thing because um, uh, you can notice some really stark differences like really, really quickly. Like the commentators are like naming moves a lot.
0: Yeah, which they did. I noticed that not uh, Terry, Terry Funk too starts to get into uh, naming the moves as well. Yeah, and it gives him a little more to do. He seems a little more engaged with it.
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, so at one point during this match. Um, the action goes outside the ring, which I don't think we'd seen much of. And there's nothing. There's no mats. There's nothing. It's just the floor. Yeah, so I'm really cu- curious to see how that evolves.
0: Because yeah, the uh, outside of the ring stuff is a big, a big part of ECW. ECW. I would assume so. I wonder. I, I'm, I'm excited to see when that starts up. Hmm. When they actually start chanting it. Well, uh, and like when that whole sort of. Hardcore philosophy. That HC philosophy begins.
2: Well, I don't know the exact time frame, but I'm under the impression that they have a relationship with the NWA at this point, and I think at a certain point they they cut it, cut it off. And that's when they become extreme, and that might be when that becomes a thing.
0: Right, yeah, they start... Oh, yeah, doesn't somebody disrespect the end of somebody uh, shane like douglas. somebody like
2: shane douglas who you hate yes yeah and that's coming that's coming but that we're nowhere near that yet we're just watching no. johnny hotbody and glenn osborne um and uh johnny hotbody accidentally clotheslines the ref but then he hits osborne with a low blow taking advantage of the ref being out and he hits him with a pile driver but the ref is still out so it doesn't matter Tommy Cairo comes in. Remember how Johnny Hotbody interfered with his match last I week? Do. And he gets his revenge, pushes Hotbody off the top rope. Glenn Osborne with the win, moving on in the tournament.
0: Ref woke up at just the right time.
2: What a coincidence.
0: What'd you think about this match?
2: Did you like this match?
0: Uh I thought uh, I thought it was an improvement over what yeah. we saw last time. Me too. Uh, yeah, there was there was interesting stuff in it. You could sort of it it looked like two people trying to win a match, which is always nice. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: Uh, the thing about this show that strikes me is like very much similar to like WCW in the eighties. Is it's just like just matches and promos. That's it. There's nothing else going on.
0: Yeah, there's no sort of storyline building stuff. It's
2: just... The stories are like, these guys are wrestlers and they want to beat each other at wrestling. And
0: Well, and they're doing... Like, this, the last one was about 38 minutes. This one's 40 minutes. They're doing it in a pretty tight time frame. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, there's no... None of the sort of soap opera stuff happening.
2: Nothing of the sort. The closest is like this like Tommy Cairo interference but that's like classic wrestling shit that's like
0: and uh, and so i've i've been to uh independent events before where they tried to do that like they tried to do some of the soap opera stuff and they spent a good like 15 minutes in a row yeah. with people talking in the ring and you just can't support that with uh cuz i do do you know if I guess this probably isn't going out live. Hey, this is probably on tape. Uh, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess you could cut it in afterwards. But uh, yeah, they don't. Uh, they don't. They don't go in for too much of that stuff. And I think that's down to the crowd in a big way. You know. I think it's the crowd. I think it's also
2: the the, the people making it. Eddie Gilbert's an old school guy. You know.
1: Old school Eddie Gilbert.
2: You got managers. You got who are mouthpieces. You know. You got ring yep. attendants who are sexy ladies. Yeah, giving Sandman a little kiss. That, that was weird, but we'll get there. Because first up, we got a tag team match between Terry Winters and Tony Stetson, Tony the Hitman. I told you they were tag team partners versus the Samoan Warrior and Chris Michaels, who are I'm
1: Samoan Splash
2: they are unannounced Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, they're just there. Probably because of the nature the nature of the show. I think it's after the commercial exactly. Yeah. There's there's some nice you both suck chance and I'm very curious who they mean because there are four people in the in the
0: Yeah, do you is it you as a collective? <laughs> you both teams suck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if you have uh, if you have wrestlers that have sort of a unified name uh, like the Headbangers, yeah, then you can end there against uh, another team with a unified name. I don't know why the Headbangers was the only the
2: Rockers, the Headbangers, the Rockers.
0: So you got the Rockers versus the Headbangers. I feel like you can chant, "You both suck." Yeah.
2: No, that and and doesn't work. It still doesn't work. Sure. Oh, the so Rockers, you, you, you suck. No. The Headbangers,
0: you, you suck.
2: Both teams suck.
0: The Philadelphia crowd, they bring it down to the bare bones. They're talking yeah. about Philly cheese steaks. They're <laughs> talking about Philadelphia cream cheese with the angel. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, I forgot about that musical sting. Terry
2: Winters and Tony Stetson win with a weird move where... Larry like, Winters, Brendan show a little respect. Is it Larry? No, it's not. Is it Larry Winters? I wrote it Lit. down as Terry Winters. That's how much I gave a shit about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Larry and Tony win with a weird move where Chris Michaels has to, like, hold himself in position to get, like, stomped.
0: It's weird. Good on paper.
2: Yeah. It's very, like, it actually is the kind of move that you see a lot now in, like, NXT and stuff where it's, like,
0: not real fighting. Yeah. <laughs> like, it. It's, well, it those moves only make sense if they're reversed. Because yeah. Because it counts on, like, the hubris of the person doing the move to think, oh, shit, I have enough time to do this move. That's right. And then if you reverse it, it's like, oh, yeah, fool Jew. But if it
1: hits, it
2: doesn't make sense. And you're like, what the hell?
0: I, one thing I always hated in wrestling,
2: and it's, like, one of the first skills that you these guys learn, is that thing where you you go in, in the middle of the ring and then you, like, bend at the waist. <laughs> Yeah. So that the other guy can like kick you in the face. And it's like I've never understood it in the context of kayfabe or whatever. Like
0: So I think kayfabe wise, they should be dazed or standing going into it. Right. And then they want to bend to do a back body draw. Okay. But it's evolved into a thing where you just You just do bend that over. Yeah. For uh yeah, either a sunset fl- cuz I feel like When you like, when I think of spots with that, I think of going for a back body drop, but it's countered into a sunset flip or a kick. Yeah. It's not like there's any moves really planned around having that happen. It's more of an opportunistic thing. But yeah, now they just are just, yeah, waiting for a move to happen.
2: Now, of course, those of you listening at home or wherever it is you listen, you might be hearing a lot of names of moves here. Me and Luke, we're not going to tell you what they are. You can Google them because Look them describing them will be very hard for us.
0: That's true. Uh, maybe we'll do a YouTube special where we do a bunch of moves to each other. That sounds fun.
2: Just don't put me in the figure four. Your figure four is deadly, dude.
0: Yeah, it is. It, uh, it doesn't stretch the muscles. It just puts uh, the shin bone against another hard bone in a hurtful <laughs> Um, there's an interview
2: post-match that uh, the, it's the first time you get close-ups of either of these guys,
0: and they yeah, are both they're self-billy boy.
2: boys, and they are ugly normies.
0: They're some rank dudes. <laughs>
2: they, are, they work at a
0: computer supply store. Yeah. Uh, I applied for a computer supply store when I was younger, and I didn't get to uh, Because you're related. above that. You're above that. I wanted the discount. Was it?
2: Was it? Was it? Uh, uh,
0: OTV, you OTV. know
2: it.
0: Was. <laughs> <laughs> I love that store. Yeah. Man, if they want to sponsor this
2: podcast, if they want to sponsor this podcast, we will accept.
0: Yeah, OTV. Yeah, OTV you know is me. is great. OTV is great. OTV. Um, I built my first computer with parts from your store, and it still works, baby. Uh, they, you can get, you can order
2: stuff on their website, and they'll deliver it via like a random courier. And like, I ordered like a cord to my job, and this dude in like a leather jacket with like a mullet like brought it to
0: me for like ten extra dollars. It was the best. Damn, Brendan, get this. The other day, I had a guy, a pizza delivery guy, who was like a classic '90s pizza delivery guy. He had long hair and. Uh, he was talking about the ventilation in our building. And he was like, "Yeah, that's fucked up." To hear a pizza delivery guy drop the f bomb is really
2: cool. That's awesome. That's like when you get a anybody in the service industry to swear. I've I serve brunch now, and I I sometimes I'm so tired that I accidentally st- like say the word shit, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so it tastes like shit. No, no. I'll be like, be like, "That's cool. That's cool shit." And then I'll be like, "Oh no." <laughs>
0: Well, there goes your tip, young man. That's right.
2: Um, uh, yeah, the match ends with some. uh, There's all kinds of shenanigans. Hunter Key Robbins comes in, calls them Bart Simpson and Homer. Hunter Key Robbins,
0: the third,
2: the third, the third, because he manages the Super Destroyers, who are the tag team champions, and then the Super Destroyers come out and they all brawl to the back.
0: Man, if only we got some
2: cameras back there. They got their sweet, sweet $10. <laughs> uh, and then we uh, go to commercial, come back. Terry Funk is uh, there so we can say that Sandman does a great job. That's like his whole intro. <laughs>
1: this next guy does a great job. He's great.
0: How? They're so big on Sandman. He's the champion. Is he just like... He is kind of the biggest-looking guy there. He's the champion. Height wise. Well, I know that. But they're talking about him like, he's the most incredible athlete you're ever going to see. And you can look at him and see that that's not the case. Like, it's 1993. We know what's happening in WCW <laughs> and WWF. Like, well, but, nobody's look look- happen-
2: <laughs> but look what's happening in those at that time. Like, like, Raw is just getting started, and we get to watch, like, The Repo Man. Yeah. Like, it's but not a really great time for good wrestling. But still,
0: who would the champion be? I mean, not even in terms of good wrestling. If you're talking about someone as an athlete. Yeah, I he's, mean. He's,
2: uh, he's got, you know. Uh, Lex Luger.
0: 80 extra
2: pounds on him. This is the summer of Lex, right? Yeah. 93? Or is that 92? I don't know. One of those two. The Summer of Lex, Yokozuna. Yokozuna, like, you know, compared to someone like Yokozuna, uh, Sandman is a fucking superstar. That's true, actually. And that is not any body-related comment. It's simply wrestling ability. Yokozuna, though, actually, I've enjoyed watching a podcast we both enjoy, OSW. They've pointed out that Yoko is vastly different when he actually respects the person he's uh, up against.
0: That Brock Lesnar type.
2: Very much so. Very much so. Um oh,
0: by
2: the uh, way, I'm excited for Brock Lesnar
0: Drew McIntyre stuff.
2: WrestleMania, you know, they might they might cancel it cuz of the coronavirus. So Yeah. So we got uh Sandman versus the Kodiak Bear. And it's a title
0: match. Boy, for an early title match, they sure do their level best to make the Kodiak Bear seem like a joke. (laughs) They talk about him so much, like, "Well, maybe Kodiak Bear will one day win it." I doubt that very much. Like, (laughs) well, uh, yeah, it's it's really weird for him to for him to just be this sort of happy-go-lucky surfer dude that everyone loves, and he's up against somebody in the first thing that's not very hard to beat.
2: Well, and they barely wrestle. Kodiak Bear gets yeah. up to the ref, wanders around outside. Um, all the salmon just keeps doing is, like, doing this, like, I'm ready to fight, like, rope pull.
0: That's all he can do.
2: Yeah, it's really weird. And then he has, like, a really dumb finishing move which is like a top rope drop kick but first he does this like thing with his hands like he's gonna surf
0: (laughs) i think that's really cool
2: i love it but i hate it it's yeah no it
0: is it's it's so it's i mean it's 1993 that's what it is you're not wrong Imagine doing that now and wanting people to think it was unironically cool and just like, "Hey, surfs up, dude!" I don't.
2: I, the thing about this is like, you got Hulk Hogan, you know, um, uh, Sandman. I guess if we're gonna put them in the same thing, but like, I've never thought of surfers as cool. I've only ever thought of surfers as like annoying, entitled.
0: I think that there was a period, uh, like in the 60s and then again in the 80s where they would have been cool i, I think 1993 so. i mean it would have been skateboarders in like Beach
2: guy i get i get beach guy beach guy is cool but like surfer is like oh there's like a so expensive there's like you know like i guess there's like that hippie zen like the hawaiian like
0: big kahuna searching just gotta find that one wave where I can finally, finally prove myself, man. Yeah, there's definitely a metaphor in there somewhere.
2: But like, in terms of like a cool, <laughs> a cool guy.
0: Yeah, I've never gotten it. He also doesn't look like a surfer. He looks like uh, like a forty-five-year-old cop who's trying to infiltrate a surfing ring.
2: It's actually, yeah, it reminds me a lot of. Uh, I moved to New York for six months and. uh, which is the mm, longest? like. Mr.
1: I could, Millionaire.
2: Yeah, I uh, yeah, uh, had millions of dollars, <laughs> uh, and they took it all, and uh, now I'm broke. And please pay for our Patreon. The um, big sleeves. Like, uh, the the uh, there were like lots of people who do stand up there who like will never do stand up as a career, but they're like cops and like firefighters who just like do stand up when they have spare time and that's the vibe i got off this off the sandman
0: definitely A 100% yeah
2: <laughs> in the weekend war.
0: and i feel like you know in sort of the tradition of wrestling that's what a lot of them would have been yeah that's but this true. is this is past that point yeah and and you know sandman is no uh Sandman is doing the only thing that I think he is capable of doing. I think he's very lucky that he found professional wrestling in ECW in particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he found a niche for himself where I don't think anybody thinks he's that good. But he's made an incredible career out of being Sandman, which... I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't seem that hard, but at the same time, I couldn't do it. Do you know what I mean?
2: I look forward to watching him blossom because coming into this match, coming into this, You're show, grooming
0: Sandman. Yeah,
2: he like seems like he's already kind of done, but like you know that he's got so many glories to come. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that all like of the people in these two episodes. He's like the only one I think that like you think of when you think of ECW. So.
0: Do you think that Sandman will wrestle in the last episode of ECW Hardcore TV? Sadly, yes. I think he will too, yeah. He, and I he think
2: he was in one night stand when they reunited, so. That's yeah. right,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think he's uh, I think I think that guy's going on to big things.
2: Oh, definitely. Big medium size thing.
0: How old do you think Sandman is here? Oh, 30. I'm going to say 26. Are you Googling it? No, let me Google it now. Sandman. Exit light. Take my
2: hand. Never, never land.
0: So it was uh, was a kid who uh, talked to him and was like, hey – you should start using this song. Then he didn't know about the song. The same. hey, you were right. He's thirty years old. In this.
2: what? I was right.
0: Yeah. Well done. I don't you're like that I'm right.
2: Old. I don't like that I'm right. That's sad. yeah. He's a
0: he's a year younger than I am.
2: What you're telling me is it's not too late for us.
0: That's absolutely right. <laughs> if. Uh, Let's see, what are what are Sandman's sort of, what are the good points? He works Wait, the crowd. He works the
2: crowd. He's good with that. He is the yeah. people's champion, honestly. You said that he didn't, he'd never heard of Enter Sandman by Metallica, a song that at this point had been out for two years.
0: That's right. Uh, somebody just recommended that he should use it, and he checked it out. And I think that probably informed his whole like switch of personality too. I
2: like that. Because yeah, he just comes into generic surfer music here. But like yeah. also he is a surfer, so it makes like sense. But uh I'm amazed that he'd never heard of Inter Sandman. Like that Metallica album won the Grammy for like
0: album of the year. Like it wasn't He oh, watches Steve. the uh he watches the MTV video and awards. He has no <laughs> he has no, he has it no interest in I think it won that, too. Yeah, well, at this time, he was just listening to community radio. That's right. Yeah, he was listening to WFMU New Jersey, which reached (laughs) Philadelphia somehow. Um, Is that an actual, uh, did you just pull out a real thing?
2: uh, Yeah, so WFMU is a great radio station in uh, Jersey City. Love it, love it.
0: Good plug. I hope they uh, send us a little bit of cash. They're a nonprofit. uh,
2: I send them cash. I get t-shirts every year. I'm wearing one right now. Really? Yeah.
0: God damn. Hey, man. Uh, I'm wearing a t-shirt from uh, his place of birth, which is Sandy, Utah, United States. (laughs) Is he really Uh, from Sandy? Yeah, so he's in the same way Hulk Hogan isn't a real California surfer. Uh, yeah, he's from Utah and then lives in Philadelphia. So I don't really know what the opportunity to become a big surfer would have been.
2: We got uh, so JT Smith versus Eddie Gilbert. Uh, so we earlier in the previous match we saw Sandman basically a make out with the ring attendant Peaches. Yeah, but it was like okay because he was like a good guy.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's a hot surfer hunk. I mean, in this match, Eddie <laughs> Gilbert. Is so
2: lucky, Eddie Gilbert kisses the ring attendant's hand. She offers her hand, and he kisses her hand.
0: The gentleman,
2: very weird. I did not like it. It gave me creepy vibes.
0: Yes. Yeah, it was not uh, not my favorite thing that I've ever seen. No, sorry, I. Uh, just had a burp attack and it was annoying. that's awesome can you start uh, can you start again from the beginning of the thing
2: I won't I refuse the the uh, we got a fast and furious start to the match the commentators are just talking about something else I thought at this point that like they were actually just like fighting with each other and weren't really watching anything
0: yeah that's the sense that I got at this point too was that what was happening on the screen or it didn't have a tremendous amount with what was going on with the commentary booth (laughs) yeah
2: and i had a hard time following both because the commentary was like super random like terry funk and stevie wonderful were like arguing about something and then like immediately the wrestlers like brawled to the outside i think it had to do with racism actually now i'm trying to remember there was something to do with like it was something to do with people calling each other racist, and it made sense in character, but then, like, somebody took actual offense to it or something?
1: The,
0: among the announcers, yeah. or?
2: I have to rewatch this, but I seem to recall that being sort of, like, the theme of it all. But they brawl the outside in, and then Gilbert grabs the ring bell. I don't think he ever actually does anything with it.
0: No, he doesn't. He, he wants to ring his bell with it.
2: The fans are throwing bits of garbage at him, which I always like.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's that's your, that's your Philadelphia crowd. You got the cream cheese. You got the. Cheesesteak, baby. Philly cheesesteak.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is my next note. Yeah, there we, I said, Stevie Wonderful is just trying to start a feud with Terry Funk, I guess, because of racism. <laughs> I, I think, think what it is is he says something like, uh, JT Smith can't win, and then Terry Funk says he's saying that because he's racist or something like maybe the other way around. I don't remember. It, it was I, very hard to
0: follow. I feel like this early on in something like to get a good rivalry and good sort of character stuff, you need to take time. And so, I feel like pitting your announcers against each other at episode two and even episode one is just too much like trust that if you do this week in week out something will develop over time that will be some sort of rivalry like that but I just don't think it makes sense to go at each other right off the bat like hey I'm the good guy and I'm the bad guy even though that's what a lot of you know a lot of Mm -hmm. wrestling is I feel like the announcers you need to do that more organically because that's your entree into what's happening and yeah so if you just have these sort of diametrically opposed things like oh I didn't see the heel do anything wrong well the good guy's the best person in the world I don't think he's that great I feel like you need to build that over time and they're not doing that at all they're just going right into uh, being up against each other all the time. Uh, and I don't think it, and I think that, that, uh, by having Terry Funk in as a sort of guest, I don't know how long he'll stick around in this for. And maybe that's, that's what it is because he's a guest. Maybe Stevie
2: Wonderful is like trying to get some juice out of him because maybe if a feud develops, it'd mean that Stevie Wonderful gets to work with Terry Funk in the ring and maybe they'll make some money together. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But, uh, that's what I don't like about WWE announcing these days is like Michael Cole will just be like way too selling everything. So Corey yes. Graves as heel announcer, his job is not hard. Uh, okay. because, and so he doesn't actually Dream have to be job. creative. He doesn't have to be creative about the things he says. He just has to be like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> It'll be like, oh, they're, she's the best. And then he'll be like, no, she's not. What are you talking about?
0: I think she's the worst, actually.
2: Exactly, it's it's not creative at all. Meanwhile, over on NXT, Mara Rinaldo isn't—he's just selling everybody. So then, when Nigel comes in as like a heel announcer,
0: it's
2: like it seems more natural.
0: Yeah, yeah. but you don't watch NXT, yeah. so no. But I can imagine his job—you know—to get everyone over and then have oppositional or supporting voices that works. It does. But, yeah, you shouldn't have someone trying to get one half of the roster over and another person trying to get the other half of the roster over. Exactly, exactly.
2: Um, JT sets up for the moonsault, but nobody's home. I thought I'd call a couple moves here. Gilbert keeps hamming up to the crowd.
0: Are you auditioning for the ECW 1993 job?
2: I am. There are some lovely chants of asshole. Signs of a hardcore future to come. I cannot wait. (laughs) And Gilbert pulls brass knuckles out of his tights. Yeah. Hits JT with them for the win.
0: And he's I moving on yeah.
2: in the TV That's title right. tournament.
0: We'll see him next week in the semifinals. I love tournaments in wrestling. I, I love tournaments in pretty much any sort of sport.
2: I like them uh, when, they, when they matter, when they're for something.
0: I feel like yeah, with with any sort of tournament, I yeah definitely when they matter when they're worth something, but even if they're not, it's a way for you to get invested in someone and I think it's really smart of them to have that at the beginning of this uh, ECW TV run because if it's a tournament where there's gonna be like between like three and six matches, you just kind of latch on to somebody and you're hoping yeah. they'll make it all the way through and then you know you get invested in the product through one person which uh, wh- yeah I really I like that way of getting people involved that's how you would get uh, a lifelong love for say a buff bagwell
2: i like it when they when they make sense and when they progress at a regular pace like i feel like so often so often tournaments these days Unless it's like a Do Japan, like Best of the Super Juniors, where it's like, it's only the tournament when it's happening, where it's like more like March Madness. Um, So often tournaments in wrestling these days are like, every so often you get a match that's in that tournament. Like uh, the Dusty Classic Tag Team Tournament, where it's like, oh, here's a Dusty match out of nowhere. Or like they'll do King of the Ring, but like over the course of a bunch of weeks, but mixed in with a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, no, no, no. Give me only King of the Ring for a while.
0: So the way – the King of the Ring is still done?
2: They did it this past year. That's why Baron Corbin is King Corbin now.
0: Oh, right, yeah. So uh, the way I remember it happening was like they would have matches on Raw, like preliminary matches – and then once there were qualifiers, then it would just go to King of the Ring, and that was a whole separate... That was
2: a better tournament. I like that. I like watching people do multiple matches in a pay-per-view. There's lots of storytelling opportunities. Oh, man.
0: That uh, Mick Foley and The Rock going through. Whew.
2: Exactly. It's great. Um, this We'll see how this goes over the next, I think, two more episodes. So I think next week on the podcast we'll get our, our TV title champion. Um, and then we get we cut back from commercial to like match already in progress between Tommy Cairo and Super Ninja.
0: Yeah, how, when you're recording it not live, do you have to go to a match in progress for your main event? My theory about this is, is just like, they
2: don't book it. To have the most important thing go last in case things go over time.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes sense.
2: So, so like, because if you look back at the last show, the, like, they had a weird sign-off. Um, they do that again this this week, actually. But before that, they had, like, the Jimmy Snooker match. But it's like, that's a real pro who's going to be like, yeah, it's going to go two minutes, that's the match. So, right. you so like... So maybe that's what it is. Like they probably have matches that they don't put in the show at this point.
0: Yeah. I would imagine if the show's running 40 minutes, the events probably got to be about an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe there's an intermission and then they do the
2: television or something. I'm curious. What it, cause like, like every single time you and I ever went to independent wrestling, I've, I've, I've said this, like it goes too long. Yeah. Like 100%. and I and I've assumed that that's not that's not unique to the promotion that we would go to. Like yeah. I'm assuming that's like pretty common. Like because they're trying to everyone wants to practice and it's their only chance.
0: Yeah, it does. Uh, they do tend to uh, they do tend to drag a little. Goes way too fucking long. But the the f- I like the, getting uh, that match. I love it. I don't need to get all that intro stuff. No, especially for a match like this, because the intro stuff is unlikely to be interesting storytelling stuff. uh yeah, they're probably building to some interesting spots, but you know, yeah, you don't need to see the entrance somebody with a boom box if they couldn't figure out how to figure out how to hook up to the p a system.
2: Well, and we know that Tommy Cairo is undefeated. That's all we need to know.
1: My grandma mother could be undefeated if uh he was an ACW. You know what
2: uh, Terry Funk's mother wasn't undefeated in? What's that, Brandon? Life. She's definitely not alive anymore.
0: Damn. She got beat. <laughs> take that. Take that, Terry Funk. He
2: also says something like, Look, looked a little ninji there, didn't it? Ninji. Yeah, one of the ninjas' uh, moves.
0: Ninji. I like
2: that. Now, here's something that I think is very interesting. The last match with Eddie Gilbert, they were uh, running around outside for, like, five minutes. Yeah. No no disqualification happened. No count-out happened. Should have been a double count-out. Yeah. This match, Johnny Hotbody interferes once again, and there's a disqualification.
0: The refereeing's all over the place. That's one of the notes I have down here is just <laughs> uh, this ref was not up to the task of a professional environment like this. Uh, yeah, he, look, I don't want to denigrate a fellow professional.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm not a professional, but if I was, I wouldn't want to denigrate a fellow professional. I don't
2: want to denigrate a fellow or a professional.
0: He did a bad job. <laughs> There it is, you know. Yeah. Lots of closed fists. Yeah. Uh, he missed a lot of stuff. He, as they pointed out, and I think the first episode during a tag match, he wasn't enforcing the five count to make people get out of the ring.
2: Was this that same
0: ref? Uh, they're all the same. <laughs> how many? How many? How many refs do you think ECW 1993 employs? Three. Three. I think three. Damn, I would have said two. Yeah.
2: <laughs> two or three. There's definitely been at least two guys.
0: What do you think a ref gets paid
2: for? Uh, oh man, ten bucks in the fucking.
0: You think he gets a think he gets a ride to the show with no pressure to pay gas? Well, that's the thing. They got to get out to Paulie. Well, no, Powley is. Uh,
2: where their headquarters is, but this this college isn't that far from there. It's like north west Philadelphia. It's kind of far away.
0: So I'm thinking a ride's got to be part of the deal because nobody's doing that for ten bucks with no ride. Oh yeah. I uh, the sign off is a lot more pleasant
2: this 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 time around. Like last episode, Terry Funk was like apologizing, saying it's going to get better next week. Yeah, this time around, it's like a regular, like "thanks for watching" kind of thing.
0: Uh, Terry was pleased, you know.
2: And uh, and uh, what's his name? What's the guy? The pawnbroker.
0: Oh, uh, Todd Gordon.
2: Todd with one D. Gordon. Toad Gordon. Toad Gordon. He calls ECW the hardcore haven. Oh, I
0: somehow missed that. I thought that was very interesting. Oh, you know what? Here's what I'm thinking is going to happen. I'm thinking the whole idea of hardcore wrestling is going to come from the fact that there are hardcore fans who like ECW. ECW will start doing a style Yeah. And then that style will become the thing the hardcore fans like, aka the hardcore style.
2: I mean, that style existed at this time, for sure. That's the thing. The hardcore matches, the death matches, that stuff existed.
0: Well, uh, Terry Funk came in as the king of the Texas death match.
2: Exactly.
0: So I'm very
2: curious curious to see how this goes. Also, the end credits last episode, Jay Selly's name was spelled wrong. This episode. Spelled oh right.
0: shit, I didn't notice that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they spelled it with an I. <laughs> oh no, spelled it with a Y the first time because that that's the
0: They double. they were thinking of Sully Sullenberger. That's right. They were. So Brendan, uh, yes. what's your excitement level for continue on in this uh in this realm of ECW? Here's the thing, man. I had fun watching these two episodes of TV. And I know
2: that it does not get worse. It's only gonna get better. I mean, there was a part of me that was like a little like, how many episodes of this do I have to watch? And I Googled it and I was like, okay, Paul Heyman takes over in September. I can make it to September.
0: Yeah, that there was a staggering number of episodes. So it's gonna be a
2: you know, it's gonna be a little bit on this show until we get to um, you know the true inception of extreme championship wrestling, but I think we'll have a lot less to say.
0: So yeah, I can the, agree with that. Actually, the
2: episodes will be the episodes will be more brief.
0: <laughs> uh, while I was watching uh, the other night, I asked Ellen to pipe in, uh, my girlfriend, if she had any. She doesn't watch any wrestling at all; has zero interest in it. <laughs> but uh, during the Super Destroyers match. This is the only time she made any comment. She uh, So the
2: very first match of the very first show.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was... I don't know who it was about. He's really bad, right?
2: <laughs> the problem is that could have been about anybody.
0: Yeah, exactly. He... <laughs> I, She's probably right. He was really bad, but I don't know who that is.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's like the slogan for this period of this thing is like he's really he's really bad at that. He's doing his best, but he's doing his best. He's trying his hardest. Yeah. It's it's truly like if you don't watch a lot of wrestling, you should not watch this.
0: No, this would be the last thing in the world to possibly get you into wrestling.
2: Like I think half the reason I, that we thought of this podcast idea was like I thought of watching this show on my own time. Yeah. And then I watched this once about a year and a half ago and I was like, "No. <laughs> I can't There's do a, it.
0: I can't do it for no reason."
2: Yeah, I can't do it for no reason. I need a reason. And the reason is you. Yeah. But one thing I will say is, like, there's a lot of talk about, you know, how long it takes for ECW to get to a pay per view and all that kind of stuff. But they had plenty of direct to VHS specials. Yeah. So we've got two of them even before Paul Heyman. So that'll be fun.
0: Yeah. I'm looking forward to those.
2: And maybe we can put those up on the Patreon.
0: Ooh, I like it, Brendan.
2: Yeah, man. I got it all figured out. This is even, I thought about this. Okay. They were pay-per-view shows, so they should be pay-to-hear
0: podcast episodes. I love it, Brendan. You're a regular Paul Heyman, and I'm your Brock Lesnar. But,
2: uh, yeah, what do we call this show? Hardcore Haven?
0: Ooh, Hardcore Haven I like. Okay, it's official. It's called Hardcore Haven. Hardcore Haven, episode one in the motherfucking... Can. Can.
1: In the book, in the can.
0: In the motherfucking can.